There we go. Just in time for the train horn. Hey, timing is everything. Sometimes I'm, I'm amazed that you guys can hear that, but I guess I've had I other people. Yeah, no, I've had other people I've been talking to on, uh, you know, like in Zoom things and stuff, and they out of nowhere they say, "I hear your train." Um, so, anyways, <laughs> uh, just don't stand in front of that train of thought. Ooh, could get railroaded. Yeah, <laughs> could get crawl crossed up. What is G eight? G eight means something, isn't G eight like the government? That's the as uh, like the, uh, yeah, the spies, like the, right? The NSA used to be G eight or something like that. Or you're thinking like MI five or MI six? Well, yeah, but I'm also thinking G eight. Maybe it's what FBI G8 used. is. G eight is the the uh, conference of heads of state of the top oh, that's five, right. top you know, pick a number. There's G twenty. There's G twelve or something. There's G eight. Well, there you there go. Was a G7. There was a G7. G8's a trade union. I mean, yeah. uh, trading pact. Right, right. No, I, I, now Jeb points it out. I, I know what he's talking about. So, so, like, so that's what we are. We're the G3. We're the uh, the uh, the. <laughs> um, our our voice over IP recording system this morning has assigned us names, and uh, um, and this morning Dave is guest G8, and that's why we we mentioned that. Um, so, but we are now an international, uh, 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 you know, con- uh, a consortium conference of of world leaders leaders and experts about. Something. I'm, I'm just waiting on my license to kill from uh, MI6. I know. See, that's right. I was hoping that it was more like spies and stuff, but turns out it's just like you know, heads of state gathering for cocktails in Geneva or something. You don't like think that. there's espionage going on on a G8 meeting? Ooh, yeah, I know, huh? Ah, okay. All right, I'm feeling better about this all the time. What's going on here? Uh, um, um, you know. It just, I hate it when this happens, all right? You know, uh, how many times have you been flying and you had to land short because somebody got their ear bit off? I know. <laughs> I know. And it wasn't even a boxing match. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. I forgot about that one. Um, is this, just, so do we believe this story? United Airlines flight forced to make emergency landing after a, quote, report of someone's ear being bit off. End quote. Well, it's it's Yahoo News, and they have. So, well, there you go. So it's got to be well, true. Duh. I mean, <laughs> but uh, they also have uh, um, looks like multiple sources here on the story. Okay, I guess I should actually look at the story, not just the headline here. Um, a flight from Newark to Miami was diverted after police were alerted about a disruptive. I don't know why they needed to put the word disruptive in quotes, but a disruptive passenger. The, I'm reading the I'm reading Yahoo's own summary here. Just by the way, um, well, uh, scroll this, down past the, the the art there and get to the meat of the story. Yeah, well, well yeah, why do oh, that on. when I can? Come on, okay, United. All right, okay, all right, okay, all right. Uh, a United Airlines flight made an emergency stop after a still quote disruptive unquote man bit and punched other passengers, according to a police report seen by USA Today. Okay, so this is USA Today by way of Yahoo News. Well, with that lineup of journalistic excellence, how can we go wrong? Um, the flight. I hope we don't have listeners who work for either of those two outfits. Uh, all right, well, I this, don't know. This guy was a bust looking for a place to happen. Oh yeah, and and you know, I don't. Uh, there are many jurisdictions in the U.S. I do not in which I do not wish to be incarcerated. South Carolina is one of them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes, I agree. Um, and for the record, Jack. Yeah, they put quotes around disruptive because that's what was used in the release. All right, I, 
I understand that that's what they do sometimes. I'm, I'm, we don't know for a certainty that that's why they did it here, but you're probably right. I know. I read, I, I read a release yesterday about this. I okay. Didn't save it, but and did they have disruptive in quotes, or was uh-huh. that the actual release? They they had disruptive. No, they didn't put it in quotes because it was in their release. Uh, okay. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Well, still. And they're quoting it here, so they want you to know that somebody else's words, not theirs. Yes. Okay. Because what baffles me is had to be, the guy had to be sedated with Benadryl. Yeah. Really. I wasn't aware that Benadryl had sedative effects. Well, you, you've not had a, an infant child in the last three, I know. Or four, three or four decades. I, and, and no, so where does it say that? By injecting him with Benadryl. A doctor on the flight tried to pacify. Really, a doctor got involved. This is Oh, like, this was prescription strength. Well, it may or may not have been prescription strength, but it's Benadryl, which is kind of like, if you know, in, this, in the universe of, of sedatives is probably less risky for an unknown situation. Well, if, if, if it was injected, uh, that's not like going to the drugstore and getting yeah. it over the counter. Yeah, yeah. I, I am a little. I am a little surprised that a that a doctor would be prepared to. It must have been a well, you know. So okay, maybe we shouldn't be making fun of this. This might have been a very very serious situation. It's, I mean, the guy took out a couple of people. I mean, um, the thra- agitated thrash after a visit to the bathroom. Well, I'm, I tend to get agitated after. Yeah, a that's visit to that's the that pisses me off sometimes. <laughs> I guess. See what I did there? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Never mind. Um, um, uh, no, yeah. Yeah. So he hit a passenger with a closed fist, broke their glasses. Uh, others tried to restrain him. Um, well, he was carrying some good drugs. I mean, serious drugs. I don't mean good drugs. Yeah. Serious drugs. Um, Possession. Another uh, passenger was punched. I thought his nose had been broken. Okay. A third traveler was injured, punched in the temporal region. Uh, in the which region? Temporal region. Okay. Yeah. Another episode title. Um, yeah. Your temples. Yes. Yeah. But the side of your skull. I, I, I get that. Where is it, Jeb? I'm looking for it in the studio. Temporal regions? Where is the Tempor- words? It's just above. The- oh, I found it. I found it. Temporal yeah. region. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. So that doesn't mean that he was hit, you know. It doesn't mean that, that he time traveled. Yeah, okay. All right, time, time travel hitting. Yeah, there we go. All right. So, anyways, all right. So, maybe we shouldn't be making fun of this. This is kind of well, a, this is it, more. It is, it is serious. And yeah. Anything like this aboard an in flight aircraft is serious. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I'm just glad it worked out all right. But, I mean, come on. You, you chewed somebody's ear off? I know, really. I mean, I've chewed somebody's ear on the phone. Yeah. I've chewed your, you guys' ears a lot. Well, and. I, and and, but I've never bitten off anything. Yes, bitten off. I certainly haven't bitten off more than I could chew. You okay? Uh, all right. I've, all I've right. Been known to nibble on an ear from time yeah, to time. Yeah, I've but, blown into an ear. I've I've licked an ear. Okay. I've, all right. Stop now. Stop I, now. You've gone far enough. Believe I've, me. Take my I've, word for it. You've I've, gone far we, enough. We've all gotten an earful. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, now we're now we're going back on a better path. I think. Um, all right then. Well, uh, you know, good on United it, it, Airlines we've all for given an earful. Yeah, managing a, a dangerous situation. Um, I just I, I continue to think it's odd that uh, Yahoo slash USA Today have chosen to make the lead an ear being bit off. But I guess maybe I'm not surprised when you stop and think about it. Um, okay. All right. Well, I mean, yeah. 
Well, the good news is that nobody's nose got bit off. <laughs> well, apparently someone's nose did get bit out of shape because one of the passengers, according to this, um, thought his nose had been broken, according uh, to USA Today. And that's nothing to sniff at. That's not yeah. that's oh. that's... Welcome, folks, to Uncontrolled <laughs> bad, bad puns are us. I, well, you know, why should that change? It's been true for 15 yeah. years now. Uh, welcome, folks, to Uncontrolled Airspace, the general aviation podcast. I'm Jack Hodgson coming to you from uh, rainy, but but spring has arrived. Uh, uh, the banks of the <laughs> Cochico River. Uh, don't even go there, Jeb. I, um yeah, I know. It's still warmer in your pool. Your pool water is still warmer than the air here in uh, in, in New Hampshire. Um, but it is it has turned nice up here, and I'm enjoying spring. And uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about life in general. As the although the pandemic is threatening to take a, a kind of reverse turn, um, hopefully it won't last long. And uh, uh, well, we uh, the we Sedgwick County, Kansas. Lifted its mask and crowd restrictions yesterday. Yeah, well, okay. All right. I well, guess. The, the state legislature has been working its silly buns off to pass something to take away that power from the cities and counties around the state. Um, okay, this is ground we probably shouldn't tread on. We'll get ourselves in trouble. Uh, that, but, 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 by the way, that's Higdon, H-I-G. That's Dave Higdon yes. Uh, yes. coming to us from uh, the uh, the air capital of the world, Wichita, Kansas. Otherwise, David, what's going on? How you doing? Doing fine. Doing fine. Trying you had to... the sniffles last time we talked to you. You feeling better? Yeah, feeling a lot better. And uh, now I'm trying to dig out from the, uh, uh, the 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 hole I got into when I just wasn't capable of writing coherent sentences not mm-hmm. that i usually am anyway but yeah, see i wasn't going to go there but okay yeah if yeah. i didn't you would so uh, yep uh well, well cool very cool glad you're feeling better and uh, that other voice from uh, somewhere near sarasota florida is jeb burnside good morning jeb good morning all right what is the pool temperature i know you're dying to tell us i don't remember last time i checked yesterday it was like 72 i don't know what it is uh, okay all right all right but it's supposed to get up to like ninety today here too. <sighs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, wow. It's uh, we got a little warm spell coming. Uh huh. Everything else okay with you? Yeah. Fine as frog fur. Um. Um. Has the st- has the gator herd? Well, it's getting bigger. Bigger. Uh, yeah. yeah. You t- what did you tell us? Five bigger is in larger well, or bigger is in more? All of the above, I guess, would be the correct oh, wow. response. The uh, still have five little ones. Okay. Um, now it's 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 hard because you know typically don't want to get too close to ask or or uh, or uh, measure or uh, anything like that. But I'm convinced there's two other relatively adult uh, alligators poking around. Um, one is about four feet long, and the other one uh, is about six feet. No, wait a minute, but, but, but wouldn't that, that's, you basically just described your, your, your normal alligator family unit. Well, you? you could, yeah, you could, and, and it's, it's likely that that is indeed the case, uh, but I don't, you know, I hesitate to make any assumptions. Okay. All right, then. Well, as long as everyone's well and, uh, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, seems to be. Uh, trying to come up with some Ozzie and Harriet joke about family unit, but I don't know. I'll let you guys um, insert your own. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. All right. Well, anyways, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, there's nothing really new there. Um, 
Um, everybody is soaking up the vitamin D and uh, and uh, you know looking forward to um, the evening when it's when it's uh, rock and roll time. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Alligator rock and roll. Um, Crocodile rock. Crocodile Rock. I saw. I saw a map. Uh, I, uh, one of the things I subscribe to online is this guy that posts interesting maps, visual, you know, information visualizations that are related to maps. And one of them was the largest land animal predator in the, every state of the United States. Okay, um, and like for a lot of the United States, the largest each state's largest land predator. Is a is a black bear, brown bear, black a bear basically. A bear. Oh, yeah. Okay, um, some of them were kind of interesting. Um, the uh, but Florida, what made me think of this was that Florida's. I would have I would have guessed alligator, but they said crocodile, which is a very different creature. Um, and uh, yeah, so apparently, it's more saltwater friendly. Yeah, and 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 much more violent and aggressive, as I understand it from my reading. Um, so uh, so the crocodile. What I've been, that's what I was taught. Crocodile rock. You know, so uh, um, I, I may put a link. I, I will put a link to this map in the in the show notes. I thought it was interesting. So, of all the states, and it's kind of interesting to look around the states and look at your state and see if that creature is inter- You know, is is kind of notable to you. So, what would you guess would be Hawaii's largest land predator? A panther. So, no joke. According to this map, the largest land predator in Hawaii is the domestic cat. Really. Yeah, and I don't. I I kept looking at this and looking for the reading through the comments and trying to decide if that was a joke or something. Um, but you know, cats are predators for sure. I mean, oh, cats yeah. are. I people oh, yeah. who like cats, I don't quite. You know, because if cats were bigger than us, we'd, they'd be dangerous. You know, I mean, if if cats were bigger than humans, we'd be food. Well, um, some cats are bigger than humans. So. Well, but I'm talking about house cats. I mean, how, everyone loves house cats and things. Uh, are so domestic adorable cats. And, yeah, I um, kind of think that if if domestic cats were bigger than humans that we wouldn't have too many domestic cats but that's that's kind of yeah right i mean we we wouldn't yeah we would not stand or as many humans or or fewer humans yeah for a while the curve would go in the wrong direction but then it would correct okay so uh yeah uh, largest land predators um We've been crowing um, or, or, or excited over the last couple episodes about uh, Perseverance's uh, adventures on Mars, the latest human um, Earth Earth originated. The, the latest, the latest human invasion of another planet. Well, that's kind of what I'm getting at here. Okay, so um, the the story we saw here recently is uh, apparently they stashed away on board, um, actually on board the helicopter. Apparently. Um, is mm-hmm. is a piece of the Wright brothers plane yeah. um, which went to Mars which is kind of on in in from one perspective is pretty cool and yeah. uh, you know uh, 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 kudos to the Wright brothers and to their accomplishment and that kind of thing all right you know but what this puts me in mind of beyond that kind of coolness is the, the extent to which we are just really leaving a whole string of debris on Mars I don't know whether this has always been the case with these rovers but I swear every couple of days is another story about something that perseverance has dropped on the ground and just rolled away from. I don't know. This is you know we ugly Earthlings are are just like I don't know. This is I wonder if the day is going to come when they're going to look back on those twentieth twenty first century uh, monsters who uh, you know because there was that thing about you now they just recently dropped the protective thing for the for the helicopter and that's just got dropped on the ground and they've rolled away from it. <clears throat> um, a couple weeks ago there was a story about some panel that 
fell on the ground and I couldn't, did you see this story? I couldn't quite figure out from the story whether or not it was intentional that this panel fell. Uh, It it almost looked like they were going, this wasn't supposed to happen. Why did this this panel fall off of the bottom of, uh, of uh, the, of the Rover, you know? And, uh, um, there so was a, there was a shield, a, a debris shield, or something like that. That yeah, that they jettisoned a, a week or so ago. It had to do with maybe the the microphone or a camera or something. Oh, okay. Like well, maybe yeah. that maybe it was. Okay. I kept looking for references that it was intentional, and I kept yeah. not seeing it. But but regardless of whether it was intentional or not, the fact is that they're dropping stuff on the ground. One of the long term experiments is to leave things behind. So. We've seen. I think most people have seen pictures of the fact that Perseverance. One of the experiments they're doing is drilling holes in the ground in order to get a core sample. And in addition to whatever ability Perseverance has to an, analyze that core sample on board, they are also packaging it up. They're putting it in these tubes, closing off the tubes, and then just basically leaving them on Mars, putting them on back on the ground, and rolling away from it. And the plan is that some future mission will go and collect these tubes and, and I don't know, bring them back to Earth or bring them to a station that can analyze them properly or, or whatnot. It's, so more debris. What kinds of debris we're leaving behind on, on Mars? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I, I, rock, stone, sand. Um, well, that's the rationalization, David, that we would use for, you know, it's like, oh, we can dump stuff in the Earth ocean because it's a big ocean and who cares? Uh, it shouldn't be. I don't know. We should be giving this some thought. And I'm sure there's some smart people, who, caring people who are giving it thought, but it strikes me. Yeah. It, it, you know, the, the first, this mission, um, um, the, 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 the descent stage was basically a two-part thing. There was a, a platform with uh, uh, that basically suspended the Perseverance right. rover. Exactly. There's another underneath example. it and put it up, set it on the surface of Mars, released its tethers, and blasted away to crash like a couple of kilometers away. Right. And and you know some of that I'm sure there's a seismic sensor somewhere that um, has data on that that crash. Oh yeah, well, there's pictures of it. Yeah, that, that impact. And there's an orbit. There's an orbital picture yeah, of. Yeah, of yeah. yeah, you can see the scar that it made when yeah. it hit the ground. Um, now, in our defense, I don't know if his defense is the right word. We've been doing that on Earth for since the beginning of the space program. Crashing we, airplanes, crashing parts of the spacecraft. Um, Some of that's been like um, unintended. No, well, yes, but but we've been in the lower stages have all have often fallen back into the ocean. That's um, true. That's or true. or or been gone to orbit enough that they then either are still up there, um, or or have returned and burned up. Um, so, uh, you know, it's only recently that they're trying to land them, which is kind of cool too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, so the Wright brothers piece of the Wright brothers plane is now on Mars, and that part of it's pretty cool. Yeah. And you can see a, you can see a computer generated. Uh, CGI demonstration of the helicopter flying uh, yeah. that, through that link that we're going to put on the uh, yeah and the and uh, and and is this note current? Um, April eighth is when they've uh, scheduled. Yeah, I just put this up there this morning or yesterday. Uh, that's the latest for when they'll do that first. They're going to do a little mini hop, like a like a just a hover test almost. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, of they're the, going to they're going uh, to air taxi to the pumps. Of ingenuity. Yeah, that's what they're going to do. Okay. Uh, 
hover, hover, excuse me, hover taxi to the pumps. Yeah, no, I, I, okay, I understood what you meant. Uh, it, it made me laugh. Uh, Jeb, um, so I, over the last couple episodes or somewhere in the recent past, we talked about the fact that the uh, FAA and or NTSB were kind of reviewing the whole thing about revenue passenger carrying stuff for general aviation. And, uh, and and apparently there's been news on this subject, Jeff. Well, Can you tell yes me what's, and no. We're, we're, we talked about ride sharing. Okay, yeah. Uh, and how the FAA continues to take a dim view of um, private pilots holding out and advertising, hey, I'm going to Tahoe for the weekend. Anybody want to hitch a ride and share expenses with me? Right. That's always uh, been for, verboten. The, yeah, forbidden. that's always been the case, and it continues to be the case. Um, that is different from what you're talking about here. Um, there is a certain type of Part 91 non, non-commercial operation that is actually uh, a revenue uh, operation. Um, that and, the FARs allow. That the FARs allow. And um, um, I think the... the uh, event that in, that got us to this topic was uh, the crash, I think it was 2019, of a um, B7, uh, Boeing B-17 that was being used to give nostalgia rides out of, I think it was Windsor Locks, Connecticut, somewhere in Connecticut. Near Hartford, yeah. Near right. Hartford, yeah. It, it crashed. Several people, several passengers were killed. Crew was killed, um, etc. And um, the NTSB in looking at uh, the accident aftermath and investigating the accident itself um, has come to make some recommendations. And uh, basically, they're, they're asking for enhanced safety standards from the FAA for these types of operations. This includes not just nostalgia rides in, in, in old bombers, but uh, other types of operations um, like jump zones. There have been uh, several... Um, um, crashes of uh, jump planes, most recently, or perhaps most recent notable one, was in Hawaii, again, I think back in 2019. Uh, and then there's also these uh, air combat simulators where you you uh, mm-hmm. uh, go with an aerobatic airplane and an aerobatic instructor and perform some basic combat maneuvering, sometimes uh, uh, just a solo flight, sometimes one-on-one, right. uh, one, one airplane against another. And, of course, you know, these are abnormal. I will say abnormal. These are um, not all that common types of operations when it comes to the vast majority of, of general aviation, but they are um, important parts of the general aviation universe. And... Uh, have been, according to the NTSB, kind of operating in a gray area. The NTSB would like to see some additional uh, steps being taken to okay. ensure their safety. So as of right now, this uh, this affects little or not at all those of us who are just regular general aviation pilots flying. That's correct. And it also, would, and- it also would not affect, uh, unless there's some quirk in the regulations down the road, it also would not affect ride sharing. Uh, oh, really? Okay. So that's not, I see. I think we, we sort of thought maybe that's what they were trying to address when we talked about it before. But you're saying that seems not to be the I case. Don't, I don't think so. I think, well, the ride sharing is a completely different um, type of uh, regulation. Ride sharing is more of an economic regulation. 
uh, as opposed to uh, a safety regulation like the NTSB is calling for here. Uh, the NTSB is looking for things like pilot training, uh, maintenance, um, things of this sort when it comes to uh, uh, the, uh, the the nostalgia rides in, in parachute operations and in, in air combat versus um, um, holding out as, a, as an air carrier for ride sharing. Okay. All right. David, anything to add here? Uh, they, they should tread lightly uh, when they get down to uh, the, the FAA, when they get down to examining in detail the NTSB's uh, recommendations and measure the uh, need for action here against the uh, accident rate and, and the safety record. Uh, it's I do know that there have been jump planes that didn't come back for a second flight. Uh, but, but some of this is like, yeah, why are we bothering? So they'll, 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 they'll sort it out when a uh, FAA decides to uh, act on it and decides that the action they're going to do on it is nothing. Okay. Well, All right. maybe, yeah. maybe not. I, I, uh, um, if you if you took looking at GA's accident overall accident rate, if you took out of that, say Alaskan bush operations, if you took out of that aerobatics, if you took out of that um, vintage aircraft, and you whittled it down to say day VFR in a well maintained airplane, the accident rate is a lot lower. Than, mm-hmm. it, than it than it otherwise would be when you cram in everything else into the GA uh, um, uh, numbers. Uh, that's not to say that we shouldn't be trying to make some of these other operations, Alaska bush flying, uh, uh, nostalgia rides, uh, parachute jumping. We shouldn't be trying to make um, some of these types of operations less risky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If there if there are ways to do that without materially affecting the type of operation, I, I'm kind of of the opinion that we should, we should do that. Um, I don't know where the NTSB. I mean, I, I let me back up. The NTSB has made some recommendations, so that that material is out there and is certainly knowable. Uh, obviously, it's not knowable right now what the FAA is going to do. Okay. All right. Moving on here. Uh, so I, I don't know whether this is a new segment. We've been talking about this. This has come up a bit lately. And so I've suddenly decided to call it the UCAP Odd Airplane of the Week. Um, and uh, this got started because I came across a tweet um, from Twitter user The Do Line, um, who may or may not be an UCAP listener. I don't know. Um, I just came across it on Twitter. Um, the Do Line, uh, Steve T., um, just tweeted a, a, a sort of a joke that is a joke, but it's referencing um, an airplane called the Antonov AH-71. Um, the, the joke had to do with whether or not the, the a- airplane... AN-71. A- you're reading the Kyrillic 
Oh, AN sigma. Thank you. Um, anyways, the uh, uh, whether it would have an odd center of gravity and whether that would be a problem. And the joke was, you know, don't worry about it. Probably won't be a problem. And but but the point is that led me to wonder about this airplane. And so I went beyond the tweet and went into Wikipedia and found reference to yes, the Antonov uh, AN seventy one, um, which is yet another kind of an odd um, airplane. It's uh, it's you know sort of the fuselage is the most tr- traditional looking part of it. Um, uh, high wing, uh, somewhat pointed nose, uh, a tricycle gear, obviously, or maybe not obviously. But then that's where it starts. And then, you know, high, like I said, high wing, but then starts to get, get diverged because it's got a pair of uh, jet engines of some sort, which are mounted very close to the wing root on top of the high wings, um, and or at least mostly above the high wings. And then back at the vertical stabilizer has what is apparently a radar, one of these flying saucer-shaped radar enclosures on top of it. And, flying uh, saucer-shaped. Well, how would you describe that? You know what I'm talking about, the, a, the, the traditional AWACS um, <clears throat> um, dish that's on top of a, of a uh, what, what a, aircraft a, do they use in the U.S. fleet? It's a, it's a round airfoil-like device. Well, it is, but it's literally round. It's it's looks like it looks like what's the flying saucer from that movie? Day to the Earth, Day to the Earth stood still, right? That traditional flying saucer shape, right? Yeah. I suppose I could have called it frisbee shape, but that wouldn't be nearly as exotic. So, uh, anyways, I, I don't know. I'm just hung up on on uh, that you yeah. think that, the, you, that you think that there's a traditional UFO shape, but to me, that's a that's that's <laughs> okay. a, a complete uh, misnomer. Um, <laughs> Uh, the it's, Antonov- like, it's like jumbo shrimp. <laughs> yeah. Military intelligence. Wait, the- wait a minute now. There was nothing repetitious about my traditional statement. UFO shape. Yes, okay. because there's also the so there's the, this is becoming a, this is becoming a segment about UFOs now. Um, uh, no, okay, I'm not going there. We may come back later on. I don't know. Antonov AN seventy. Yeah, go ahead. No, the Antonov AN seventy one. NATO apparently referred to it as Madcap. Uh, was Can't a, imagine why. Was a, a, a Soviet, Soviet AWACS uh, aircraft intended for use uh, with VVS-FA uh, forces, which were apparently fighter-bomber forces of the Soviet Air Force. Um, it was developed from the AN-72 transport, and only three of the 71s were built before the program was canceled. And so... Uh, um, it's an interesting looking airplane. I, I, I don't know. Dave, would you fly that airplane? <laughs> uh, I'm laughing after, because I'm remembering after, the mug that we talked about yeah, last episode. After yeah. I've, uh, after I've seen somebody else fly it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and, there, and, and, you know, I think you're probably safe since you, so you could have said, sure, I'll fly it because I don't think there's any, uh, that are able to be flied at this time. Yeah. Uh, a- able the, the, to be flied. I'm just, I'm just. You really are. You really yeah, are. Yeah. I, I'm just listening too much, I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, the, Wikipedia. Uh, all the all the uh, video that goes with this uh, the link is uh, circa 1985. Oh well, but so well. Yeah, well, according to this, the first prototype flew in '85. That's Wikipedia, anyways. Yeah. And the guys are standing around looking at it, and you know, if you could read lips, I'm sure one of them saying. 
No, man. No. <laughs> <laughs> what offense did you commit to be sentenced to fly this today? Excuse me. Sorry, I coughed. Um, yeah. So let's see now. Uh, the design, I'm reading Wikipedia again here. The design was based on an AN-72 with a completely redesigned rear fuselage supporting the radar dome, parentheses, rotodome. It's a rotodome, Jim. Parentheses, yeah. traditional UFO shape. Yeah, when well, that doesn't say that. I wish it did. I was really reading it, hoping that they would describe it that way, but they didn't. Uh, Top the broad cord forward swept fin. Uh, the cargo hold contained the electronics equipment and six operator stations. So, anyways, all right. It's an interesting airplane. They're showing a couple of static display versions here. Um, and... Uh, it, it is kind of an interesting, I don't know, it's very, uh, what airplane does it look like? Um, uh, what <laughs> no, was that, uh, what was nothing, that, what was nothing. that British aerospace airplane that was very popular here for a while? It still is another place to come. A-146? Do you know what airplane I'm talking about? BAE-146, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I really liked that airplane. There was a period in my life where I was, tr- I was almost commuting between the San Francisco Bay Area and the LA area, actually literally between San Jose and Orange County for a job. And at that time, the airline that I was flying, and I can't remember what airline it was. It might have been American. Um, PSA. PSA, yeah. Uh, okay, probably. It could have been. It was a long time ago. Uh, but I do remember the airplane very distinctly. I really liked the airplane. Um, and perhaps not um, – and, and I'm trying to remember if this was before I became a pilot or after. It would have been in the same era. But it, it, it plays into my love of high-wing airplanes. Um, and uh, so oh, – the- 146, great airplane. Four engines, oval-shaped fuselage, very wide, very comfortable. Yeah. Uh, short field performance, uh, unlike almost any other jet, and relatively quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My guess would be that it didn't have enough seats or something like that to, to be cost-effective. Too, too many engines. It had a lot of engines, yeah, that's those, true. That, too. Those were... Uh, I think that was a Lycoming jet engine. And, it's a uh, shame we don't have some. I know. Huh? They, were, uh, they were having to feed four of them. And uh, they were very popular on high-density uh, uh, commuter routes. Uh, but uh, when the thrill and the, and, the gl- and the glitter wore off of uh, how big and comfortable and quiet they were, British Aerospace redesigned it with two engines and didn't sell. I don't think they sold enough to pay for the paper clips on these. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dave, you're correct. Uh, Lycoming, <coughs> AFCO Lycoming, ALF 502. That's it, yeah. 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 I'm trying to. Is it, uh, Jeb and I are apparently looking at the same Wikipedia entry. Does it, I'm looking now for is it still in operation anywhere? Um. Probably is uh, the block. Uh, the information block here says that its status is out of production but in service. Yeah. So, so uh, uh, further down it says as of July 2019, yeah. 94 aircraft were in airline service. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyways, I, I, uh, yeah. it was a nice, comfortable airplane. Uh, yeah, it really was, and uh, it was. Uh, who was it? It was a Piedmont feeder that was flying them from uh, uh, several destinations into National Airport, uh, Washington National Airport, because it could use the stub runway. Uh, it's such 
great short. You sure performance. you're not confusing that with the Dash Seven? Oh, both of them were on there. Okay, all right. Yeah. So, anyways, we digress. Um, the uh, the uh, Antonov AN seventy one is uh, as UCAP's odd airplane of the week, and uh, we'll see whether or not we come back to this in the future. I don't know. What's next here? And we uh, are your odd podcast of the week too. I know we are, uh, and and speaking of us, us being an odd podcast, if you like this odd podcast uh, and uh, and uh, you enjoy what we do here, please consider supporting us with a financial donation. Uh, it's very helpful. Uh, as little as a few dollars a month really helps us in enabling us to do this podcast. Um, you can send individual donations to the UCAP tip jar via PayPal, uh, and uh, thank you uh, to uh, recent PayPal donors uh, David W. and Robert V. and Martin B and Mark L. Uh, or you can become an automatic monthly supporter of the podcast via Patreon. Thank you to some of our uh, Patreon supporters. A um, couple of new ones uh, this since the last episode. Uh, thank you to uh, welcome to Robert V. Um, and interestingly, we uh, Patreons uh, the the Massachusetts Air and Space Museum became uh, a Patreon supporter of the podcast this past week. Wow. And that's really very very cool. I know it's it's you know God bless them because the nonprofits you know don't have enough money to go around and they're, they chose to send a little bit of it our way that's very very kind of them the massachusetts air and space museum is down in um i'm sorry david go ahead no go ahead I was just going to say the Massachusetts Air and Space Museum is down um, in the Hyannis area of Massachusetts, um, now on Cape Cod, and uh, it's uh, I, although I've never visited it, um, it looks to be an interesting uh, little museum, and apparently has an online component that you might visit during these uh, pandemic times. But uh, we thank them for becoming a new Patreon supporter. Also, thank you to ongoing Patreon supporters Bill M and Sean M and Martin B and Ed K, Stuart A, and everyone else uh, who supports us on Patreon. Um, you folks are the best. Thank you very much. Yes, indeed. Thank, for information. Thank you for making us museum pieces. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wonder if it's ooh, uh, a UCAP uh, exhibit at the. That would be, huh? There we go. Uh, uh, for more information, Madame Tussauds. But I know. Well, I hear they're know. having trouble with one of their statues. There but. could be. There could be something there. Uh, for information about providing automatic monthly support, you can check out Patreon.com/slash Uncontrolled Airspace, or you can make a PayPal donation to the email address podcast at UncontrolledAirspace.com, and you can get all this information again. By by clicking on the box in the right-hand column of the UCAP homepage. That's at uncontrolledairspace.com. Where did I leave off here? Where am I here? Um, let's see now. Uh, poll, one of the funky polls that uh, one of our, our uh, fellow aviation outfits... Hang posted. on a second, Jack, because I can't find that on their site. It's, it's not Which? a that the uh, poll you're linking to. The poll I'm linking, did they take it away? Yeah, they did. They did, We, okay. we may not want it. And I've been surfing trying to find it and all i get is nothing ah. well, that yeah i get bad. a smart brief page that says error error, yeah. error. well you know what i i made the mistake of let's see now if i can find this here uh i may, I clip, I may trim this down here um i what what was the overall topic of this all right, so I found the email that originally directed me to this poll. Um, it is from the um, Aviation eBrief, um, uh, which is, uh, I believe, an AOPA publication. Um, and the question was, what other hobbies do you enjoy in addition to flying? Okay. Um, and uh, there That's was... kind a, of surprising. Uh, how's that? How many of us... Uh 
airheads uh, are also uh, bikers. Yeah, so you've obviously found some link to it, David. Did you guys? Well, I remember reading it. Yes, and that's what. Uh, so I'm, I'll, I'll somehow put some, something in the show notes that will illustrate this. But yeah, according to the results that were posted at the time that the email came out, the email newsletter came out, which was dated uh, uh, yesterday, only yesterday. Okay, the results were that uh, the high, the number other than other, which was the biggest um, of all the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different um, other hobbies, um, motorcycling was the m- number one at. 17 percent uh and then sailing was number two at 15 percent and then we had uh power boating and yachting which is kind of the same as sailing well i guess it's not really um antique and classic cars go- i mean descending order here antique and classic cars then golfing then skiing then rving and you know rving was a I, I know what they're talking about and then um camping would be the the last in the list here so Anyways, yeah, it is interesting that motorcycle. Given that the three of us are all in- interested in motorcycles as well, um, you know, I guess we're not as as unique as we'd like to think we are. Um, what and how would have you have answered this? Is that the way you would have answered this, Jeb or Dave? Who? who I, oh I, yeah, I, I can't I, see I, it. I don't know what the choices are, but uh, uh, oh, okay. Um, yeah, well, more, more, uh, what? You know, well, it's I, interesting that the email lost its link as well. By the way, yeah, go I, ahead, David. I responded to the to the survey link and. Clicked on motorcycles. Yeah. Do uh, you have motorcycling? Well, I mean, I don't know, you don't necessarily see, need to see the, uh, the yeah. list. Well, I mean, I know motorcycling is a big thing in your life. Are there other, uh, you know, sort of activities that you like other than flying airplanes or riding motorcycles? I, maybe I'm not trying to pry here, but uh, <laughs> we, we were talking about this earlier, weren't we? Oh, ear nibbling. Uh, that's probably this, not. Ear this. nibbling, yes. This <laughs> is still a PG podcast. So. Yeah, no. Well, yeah, just barely PG. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Yes, ear nibbling. Um, and motorcycles, ear nibbling, not necessarily in that order yeah uh, speaking for myself i i enjoy motorcycle i don't get to ride motorcycles as much as i'd like to but it's definitely one that i have pursued i've all, always said that if if uh if i hadn't chosen um airplanes as my expensive hobby um my expensive hobby would have been sailing um I, yeah, i've always yeah. enjoyed sailing a little bit and uh um but it is genuinely i mean it's right up there with power boating and, and which maybe is more expensive but sailing is is uh i you know maritime stuff fascinates me and if it wasn't airplanes it would probably be maritime stuff for me um although i'm i'm flirting with the idea of rving we'll see how that goes it could be an old guy thing that i'm slipping into not sure um so all right <laughs> If you do it right, you get a get a motorcycle and you know a, a pet. You could do RVing, motorcycling, and ear nibbling. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that would be a yeah. That's, uh, what's the uh, what's the uh, 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 Slim Pickens line? That would be a hot weekend in. Uh, uh, yeah, Las Vegas. yeah, that's right. Yeah, a, a guy can have a pretty good weekend in Vegas with all this yeah. stuff. Yeah, right. There you go. All right. <laughs> Where were we? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Let's see now. What's, oh, sorry. Okay, so this is a little bit. This is a, a, a unfortunate thing that we've decided that we kind of can't ignore any longer, um, and that is to talk about sun and fun um, a little bit, or at least as far as uh, uncontrolled airspace is concerned. Um, so the folks at Sun and Fun, um, at, which got canceled, of course, last year after trying to do it a couple different times, um, they are in fact trying to do um, uh, the event this year. Um, and, they are and, doing the event. This yes. Year. Well, I mean, yes. They, they're doing the event. Um, but um, the three of us are kind of regret or we're sorry to announce that that um, the reality is that UCAP will not be attending Sun and Fun this year. Um, and we may, mainly only mention this because we, we know that some people, we look forward to seeing you guys and uh, inexplicably some of you seem to look forward to seeing us. Um, and, um, and, but we will not be present at, at Sun and Fun this year. Um, we, we've given the whole thing a lot of, a lot of thought um, and, and we've just concluded that the circumstances of the pandemic have, have led us to decide that, that it's not advisable for us to attend Sun and Fun this year. Um, we, we are pretty sad about this. Um, and, and we look forward to seeing you all at fly-ins in the future, because there will be fly-ins in the future. But, uh, but we're not going to be present at Sun and Fun this year. Um, I guess you might say out of an abundance of caution. So uh, anyways, I don't know if there's much more to add to that. I don't know if you guys want to want to throw in anything here. But I just wanted to let people know that we won't be there. We'll miss y'all. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we will. It's really unfortunate. This pandemic has taken out a lot of good stuff. And uh, um, I plan well, on listening to Healthy Share of Sun and Fun Radio on the live stream. There you go. There you go. Okay. Uh, more on the FAA telling us how we ought to be pilots. Um, I don't know. That sounds pretty snippy. Jeb, um, uh, 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 an advisory circular on pre-flight briefings? Yeah, the first time they've put one out, actually. And and when I first read this headline, by the way, I thought pre-flight briefing. Oh, this is they're going to give me some advice on what I need to tell my passengers prior to flight. And that's not really what they're talking about, that's right? Not no. In in FAA in FAA vernacular, that would be a passenger briefing. Okay, all right. Uh, but a pre-flight briefing, and say that three times very quickly. Um, obviously, is the the uh, before takeoff checks that we make of weather. And uh, any other, uh, any number of other uh, items to ensure the safety of the flight. Uh, in fact, um, uh, this advisory circular is 21 pages. Uh, again, brand new. They've never published one like this before and uh, just uh, uh, released it last week. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of guidance material, references, uh, 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 links to, to references, material. Um, the types of um, phraseology that are, that are used throughout uh, um, all of this, um, general operating practices, the types of briefings that we can receive, um, just a, a wealth of information all in one place, finally, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, on, on pre-flight briefings. Is, are there any? Is there any stuff in there that um, either diverges from or extends on what we might have learned as private pilot? I haven't dived into it that much to be able to critique it. Um, Clearly, they've also incorporated things like um, um, ADSB and the various tools that we know about um, from that technology. That's not been part of uh, 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 this type of formal formal guidance from the agency before, in my knowledge. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but um, here's a there's an appendix, for example, standard briefing elements and resources, and obviously looking at when you pull up a standard briefing, whether it's by telephone talking to a, a human or via computer, whether it's uh, online at the 1-800-WX-BRIEF uh, site or via ForeFlight or Garmin Pilot or, or whatever uh, EFB app you use. Once you obtain or look for a standard briefing, it's going to come in a certain format. For, and that format is, is fairly uh, uh, well known. The first thing you're going to see or read about is adverse conditions. Then you'll see a synopsis. Then you'll see current conditions and yada, 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 all the way through all the data. Um, there's uh, a bunch of websites uh, uh, listed that are supporting or are primary for pre-flight, pre-flight briefings, mm-hmm. and uh, just a, just a nice uh, um, uh, advisory circular that uh, yeah. a lot of people should maybe have in their pocket. If anyone's going through flight training, um, this is something they should pick up and study because it might be on the test. Yeah. Um, sounds great. Uh, we'll put a link to it in yeah. the uh, show notes so you can take a look. And uh, um, interesting stuff. David, anything you want to add to there? Have you have you paid any attention to this? Have you looked at it? Well, I think they didn't rush into uh, creating an advisory circular on pre-flighting because they just weren't sure aviation was going to last. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. They were waiting until it was really kind they were, of – They were yeah. waiting for a piece of the Wright Brothers flyer to be placed on the on Mars. <laughs> on Mars. And now we know – yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Because – okay, I don't know. There's a bad joke in there somewhere. Um, and uh, surprisingly, I couldn't find it. Um, <laughs> Surpri- yeah, never mind. Yeah. <clears throat> Moving on here. Um, so I got all excited about this next headline when I first saw it. Um, and, and although it's pretty interesting, it's not quite as exciting. And I'm a little confused by it still. Clay Lacey offers, this is from General Aviation News' uh, um, um, website and probably in their paper as well. Clay Lacey, Clay Lacey offers sustainable aviation fuel at its FBOs. And I thought, wow, wait a minute. This is like the Holy Grail. We've been waiting for this for a long time here. The first graph is Clay Lacey Aviation will offer sustainable fuels at the company's two FBOs at Van Nuys and John Wayne, Orange County. Um, they began, I'm paraphrasing now, they begin offering SAF, which they make it sound like this is a well-known acronym, SAF, Safe Sustainable Aviation Fuel, deliveries to both locations starting in March with a minimum of 100,000 gallons expected to be delivered in 2020. So upon – I got all excited because I thought, oh, man, we've been waiting for a 100 low-lead replacement for a long time. And, and if this is both that and, and, and a sustainable, which is to say not based on carbon-based um, feedstock, um, all the better. Reading it more closely, it's not. 100 low lead replacement it's a diesel replacement it's a jet a replacement as i understand it now you guys that's everything i know and probably more than that's, i should that's basically admit. the gist of it um, yeah it is a and i don't know everything there is to know about the the saf formulations and in, in the feedstocks and, and that kind of thing uh but it has been a uh, a relatively big deal um in in business and corporate and, and to a lesser extent uh, commercial aviation over the last year or two uh, development and certifications and, and this kind of thing of course availability etc uh, it's um, if I could say so in this venue I would simply add or I'd simply say it's it's probably been made into a bigger deal than it is given 
the lack of uh, green um, greenness of aviation generally. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and that's all. Yeah. that's all I'll say. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm cherry picking a graph from the article here. Um, they uh, this is again the GA News article um, made by hydro treating non petroleum based feedstocks. Renewable diesel fuel burns cleanly and efficiently in all diesel engines with no modifications required to the modal motor or the vehicle. Non-toxic and biodegradable renewable diesel has up to 80% lower carbon intensity than regular diesel, officials report. So, I mean, on the face of it, that's all good stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, it remains to be seen. Um, I, I guess my question is that I was under the – so you say this has been ongoing. This is not – a this news. is not brand new. It's 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 news indeed that Clay Lacey is offering it. Um, it's but not so, it's not news that this has been under development. So is the, did it did it require did it involve some sort of certification of this fuel as a replacement for Jet A or is this just they're saying it's just another kind of diesel? Well, it it for, for to go into the aircraft, it's got to yeah. be approved. Yeah, it's got to be tested. Uh, they run it in uh, test stands on engines. They started flying it in business jets, I don't know, two years ago, maybe yeah. three. Yeah. Uh, there was a an e-base, European Business Aviation Exhibition and Conference. And, uh, I don't remember. I think it was year before last that they offered nothing at the airport in uh, Europe where the uh, convention was held, but sustainable aviation fuel and made a lot of noise about that fact. Uh, And it's good progress. It's good progress. We would, those of us that don't burn our own aircraft uh, that burn kerosene, we would really like to see this kind of progress on the 100 low lead thing. Sure would, sure would. Yeah, so, if I'm understanding, I don't see that happening anytime soon. But that's okay. Yeah, unfortunately, it seems to really. I don't know. Is it stalled? We just haven't heard anything about it in a while. Um, but yes. just to go back to what aircraft you can put. The, so, does does this involve some sort of a what's it called a, a TFR? No, a, a, a STC. Does this involve an STC? You can only put this stuff in an aircraft that has been or an engine that's been STC'd for it, or is it truly a diesel? Replacement drop in replacement. That's a drop in replacement for uh, uh, jet fuel. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. But so you're saying that any aircraft that is certified to fly with jet fuel can fly on this? I, yeah. I, I think the way this works is the fuel's been uh, tested and meets the um, ANSI or ASTM or whatever the heck API standards for okay. specific types of fuel and therefore is a recognized substitute. Okay. Well, I think, sounds good. You know, don't, sounds you know, good. Don't go to the bank on that. My final question would be, how is it priced compared to Jet A? I'm not seeing anything here in the story about yeah, that. Yeah, that's but, a whole uh, other topic, too. Um, but nevertheless, this is, these, are, these things are good progress. Yeah, no, I, don't, don't misunderstand. Um, um, <clears throat> the second graph of this, um, this article in the NGA News says World Fuel Services, which is the um, uh, provider, uh, apparently, of this, of this fuel, begins monthly sustainable aviation fuel deliveries to both locations at, of Clay Lacey Aviation, one at Van Nuys, one at John Wayne, Orange County. Um, 
in March, began deliveries in March with a minimum of 100,000 gallons expected to be delivered in 2021. So Mm -hmm. I don't know how much Gen A um, Clay Lacey's two FBOs are pumping, but it doesn't strike me that 100,000 gallons is a large proportion of their yearly uh, throughput. Right. Although just the fact, I mean, these are smart people, Clay Lacey's folks, and the fact that they've been willing to dedicate even one truck per, per yes, yes, location yes. Um, is a is a sign of support that is encouraging. I don't know if that's the right word, but well, yeah, you, uh, you got to start because that's Don't miss that's it. one of the gotchas yeah. on all these alternate fuels is yeah. is where you store it and from where do you yeah. pump it? You got to um, start somewhere, and, and you know, uh, long journey start with a fir- with a uh, you know a first step. Yada yada, with the uh, first hundred thousand gallons. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well I mean, and Clay Clay's always been kind of out on the the cutting edge of a lot of things. I mean, uh, he, now, yes, he, yes, he has. He has he always is. been quite innovative. You're right. You're right. Well, he he's a Wichita boy. Uh, ah, we like bicycle. him anyway. <laughs> rode, rode his bicycle to get lessons. Uh, but uh, he was uh, one of the first people to recognize the potential of a little airplane called the Learjet 23. Oh, okay. And became the... What uh, became of that airplane? What became... Uh, Clay became the first dealer for it at, out on the West Coast. Uh-huh. And that was the seed of uh, his uh, uh, business growth, uh, Clay Lacey Aviation. Yeah, uh, cool. Been around, been around a long time. Yeah. Uh, and that now they've got, what, three or four locations around the country. Yeah, well, according to this article, two, but maybe there's more than two. These are just the two that have this uh, this uh, this fuel. All right. Well, very cool. Very cool. Sounds good. Um, I'm going to propose that we skip these last two and bring them back next time. Why would you and, do that? And, and, which one do you want to not I skip? Well, it's just that we're at our, we're, we've reached the end of our allotted time is my well, point you've here. You've reached the end of your allotted time. Yeah. <laughs> Try to Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, we're we're going to we're going to flip over all the cards and and move on here. Um uh, uh, thank you boys. I appreciate it. It's always fun getting together. I I uh this is great. And uh hopefully uh it sounds we did some tests. Apologize for the microphone problem we had last time. Um and uh we we are knock on wood it didn't resume, but by now you know whether it resumed or not and uh um I just hope I didn't yeah, just jinx it. Yeah, you stayed it. with us this long. You figured that out. Yeah, uh, hopefully I haven't jinxed it by mentioning it here. But uh, anyways, uh, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. It's always fun getting together. Jeb Burnside. Jeb's a uh, freelance aviation writer and editor, serving as the editor-in-chief of Aviation Safety Magazine. He's also a regular contributor for other aviation publications. Online, you can find Jeb's work at aviationsafetymagazine.com. His magazine is on Twitter as Av Safety Mag. Uh, you can also find him, uh, his him and his work at aea.net and avweb.com on Twitter. Jeb is Burnside J. And uh, and guest G eight, uh, guest G eight. Dave Higdon is a uh, aviation photographer, an aviation journalist, and the U.S. editor for London's Ab Buyer magazine. You can find his work online at abbuyer.com, aea.net, and all other popular um, aviation journalism outlets. On Twitter, he is Real Higdon. And I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm a private pilot, freelance writer, and a digital media producer. Uh, you can find me online in most of the usual places with the all-in-all-one-word all username Jack Hodgson. For example, 
twitter.com slash Jack Hodgson, YouTube Jack Hodgson, Patreon Jack Hodgson. And you can sign up for my email newsletter at jackhodgson.com. Hey, David, was there something you wanted to tell us? Oh, yeah. If you want to be a candidate for hearing aids in both ears, keep flying and live a long time because flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. Bye-bye. And that's enough talking. Let's go flying. Just wait till we get a wine club. Ha, 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 ha.